You ever had those moments in life where a single event changes your perspective forever? You ever had one of those moments in life? I had one this last week. I was at camp teaching at LTD, and after spending my first day with young people, which I haven't done in a while at that level of intensity, and I came to realize I'm no longer a young man. (laughs) And it has changed my perspective forever. These are moments that redirect us. And LTD for me is the leadership training at Gull Lake Center. Is, it was such a profound week because we tell the story. And level one of LTD is where they hear the story and that story becomes their own. So they hear the arc of God's activity in history. Level two is about getting that story into us in these practices of spiritual formation. Learning how to make this story that's on pages of Scripture our own. And learning where we fit in that story and become part of God's history. And level three, the group that I was teaching, we were looking at how to take that story in us and turn it outward and pour ourselves out for God's kingdom. It was a profound moment for each and every one of these students. For many, will redirect their lives forever. The story we heard this morning in Scripture is one of those moments in this burning bush where fire was raging, but nothing was being consumed. Moses came face to face with the Almighty. And his world was changed. His perspective was changed. It was one of those moments where nothing was the same ever again. Now, who is Moses? Who is this guy that was tending sheep and one day walking along near Mount Sinai runs into a burning bush? Pretty weird story, but who is this guy? Last week, Terrence shared with us about Abraham and his son Isaac and this really weird story of of, a potential sacrifice. And then God sweeps in and rescues Isaac from being crucified, from being stabbed by his father, and God provides a lamb. And it's this way of God showing just how serious he is about rescuing his people. Well, that boy, Isaac, grew up and he had a son. His son's name was Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. And they became the children of Israel because Jacob was renamed Israel. And Jacob was this impetuous fellow and he's got lots of stories in Genesis and he's worth checking out because I actually think my other patron saint besides Peter is Jacob because I am a little impetuous. Just ask Gwen. And then through this, this historical famine that happened, all of Jacob's family was forced to go to, to Egypt. But one of his sons 
Joseph was sent there earlier, and it's the story of this coat of many colors, and there's been this great movie about it. And Jacob weeping over what he thinks is the death of his son, and Joseph goes to Egypt, and he has this amazing story and rises up from slavery to being the prime minister of the country. And he saved not only Jacob and his family, but the entire nation of Egypt through his actions led by God. And then something broke down in history. And there was this conflict that arose between the pharaohs and the people of Israel. And as the nation grew, God blessed them and they became abundant. And there was this fear that started to eat at the leadership of the kings. And they suddenly began to oppress the people of God. And this is where Moses comes into our story. You see, Moses was born to a Hebrew family at a time when the king was seeking to kill all Hebrew boys to try and prevent threat of uprising. And Moses' mother took Moses and put him in a basket and laid him in the reeds and asked his sister Miriam to watch over him because she didn't want Moses to be killed. And there's this wonderful story of two Hebrew doulas, um, uh, nursemaids, who, who would rescue these kids constantly. And it's a story of, of subversion and rebellion, and it's fantastic. But then something amazing happens. An Egyptian princess, the daughter of Pharaoh, the very one seeking to destroy Hebrew children, sees this baby in the reeds and adopts him as her own. And Moses comes into the royal household and is raised as a prince. And he's taught all of the knowledge of Egypt. And he's given this incredible upbringing of privilege where he's removed from being a slave and he's risen and he's brought up to royalty. But in this interesting twist, Miriam runs over to the princess and says, do you need a nursemaid? And so Moses' mother was paid by the daughter of Pharaoh to raise her own son in this remarkable twist in this arc of history of God. And Moses comes he rises up, he grows up, he becomes a prince, and he is not just a little bit arrogant. He is full of himself. And I can imagine him wearing the greatest of clothes and strutting around, because he knew he was Hebrew, strutting around the people and having a little bit of airs and grace about him. And one day, he sees an Egyptian slave uh, driver whipping a Hebrew man, and he decides to intervene. He takes matters into his own hands. Now, he had a heart for justice. You can see that. But he had a misguided way of applying it, and he kills this Egyptian slave driver. And he buries his body in the sand. And the next day, he sees another conflict between two Hebrew men, and he intervenes there because, again, he has an arrogance about him. He thinks he should be king. 
And then they say to him, what are you going to do, kill us too? Suddenly he realizes his story is out, and he panics, and he flees. And there's this lovely story about him meeting his, his future wife and rescuing them and becoming part of Jethro's family who's mentioned in our passage today. And he starts herding sheep. So he goes from the highest of society on the planet to herding sheep in the desert. It's an incredible fall from grace. And he's humbled and perhaps even a little humiliated through this process. And that's when we come into Moses' story. He's wandering the desert. He's actually pushed out quite far. Mount Sinai is quite a distance from Midian. He's a long ways away from anybody else. He has got long chunks of time in solitude. And he comes across one day this burning bush. And this is the moment where this murderer, this displaced person, this fugitive, this refugee comes face to face with the living God. And it's a surprise. You see, God often calls us out of the ordinary, during the ordinary, during those mundane moments of life, He inserts himself into the middle of that and pulls our attention. And those are holy moments. So there's a surprise here. And Moses can tell instantly everything has changed. You see, the main point in all of this passage, bursting through, is God's love for people. He has seen the oppression of his people. He's seen how this relationship between the Egyptians and the Hebrew people is a relationship that is actually hurting both. It's not just the oppression of the Hebrew people, but the Egyptian people have been forced into this structure and they too are trapped in this system that is continually creating moments of injustice. And God actually wants to free them both. He wants to remove His people and move them to a land of their own and free the Egyptian people from their own system of the tyranny and allow them to step out without needing slaves. It's a remarkable opportunity Because God calls people to reconciliation. He wants them to be free. And so in this time, Moses, this broken man, he'd lost all power and privilege through his own failure, wandering the desert, looking after sheep, was face to face with God and being offered forgiveness and restored relationships. And he wanted this offer to go out amongst all peoples, not just the Hebrew people. This was a call to Pharaoh to bow down and worship Yahweh. Because God wants us to have every opportunity to be restored. And this is the story. 
this is the profound moment where God is calling us to reach up. We talk a lot about upreach here. This is that moment. This is that moment where God comes in and confronts us. God sees us and calls us into relationship with Him. He calls sinners into His kingdom. He calls us into reconciliation with Him, with others, with ourselves. This is shalom. It is restored peace. I watched the level one students this week as they grasped with this story and the activities that they were doing. And I saw them go through this incredible valley and come back out the other side as they came face to face with the profound story of God. And that invitation for all of us, because God initiates the contact. He pushes past our reluctance and He calls us in the midst of the ordinary of life. And I saw Him do it this week at Gull Lake Center. But God doesn't just call us into some cleansing of forgiveness. He wants us to have freedom. There's more to this story. It would have been humbling and humiliating for Moses. There's no doubt about that. And so God comes into this, not just to invite him into restored relationship, but to invite him into renewed personhood. Healing of the memories. Healing of his story. Herding sheep wasn't the issue. He needed freedom from shame and bondage and the memories of his past. God heals us. In LTD 2, level 2, the students hear this story. They're called to internalize it, to make it their own. And that's what Moses did that day. Because God knows us. He knows what we need. He knows we need freedom from oppression. He knows we need freedom from bondage. He knows we need freedom from sin and shame. We all need justice, mercy, and forgiveness. The level two students at the very last night led the worship. These students that a week earlier couldn't hold a tune were leading us before the throne room. They were bringing us through moments of forgiveness around a fire, walking through the labyrinth, singing out prayer, moments of calm and peace. And there was something to behold as they taught me about this coming in and knowing the story at a very deep and personal level. Salvation comes from the Lord and He's calling us into new life with Him, a deep relationship with Him, a relationship that changes us, molds us, and heals us and brings us into freedom. But God does this for a purpose. Because He calls people into mission. God was about to re-engage Moses. Reignite his heart for justice. But in this way and in this time, it would be to glorify God and bring freedom to His people. 
because he wants this story not to be out there, not to just be in here, but to pour out of us this grace impacting the world around us. It is outreach because God inspires us. God acts for us and in us and through us. And that's the profoundness of the kingdom of God. Because we are made in His image. We talked about this two weeks ago. We become the voice, the hands, the feet of God. Participants. Agents of freedom and change in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is an invitation for all to participate in this profound story. And I watched level 3 students grasp this. And to pour themselves out in ways that were profound because God calls each of us into His service. God's call concerns salvation, healing, and vocation. One of the things we did with level three is we took a blender and we poured in yogurt and fruit and juice. And then I sat there and I said, I held up a stale cheese sandwich. I said, this is like your life as an IT tech. And then I held up a cup of yogurt and I said, this is like your life in Sunday school and teaching in church and being part of your faith community. And you have a choice. You can have them separate or you can dump them together and I poured it into the blender. And we had this soupy, gross kind of concoction. Then we turned it on high and took the lid off and it spread everywhere. And after they went, ew, they understood that that's what our life is meant to be. It is everything. It's the story mixed together. It's our life mixed together. It's our vocation. It's our family. It's everything about us mixed into this mess, lid off, getting everywhere as we share the love of Jesus Christ in word and in deed. God doesn't call us based on our resume or our experience. He doesn't call us on our ability. And He calls us out of the ordinary for the extraordinary because He wants us to receive this call, to be jolted out of our malaise and to be thinking about what God wants for each of us. And so we respond in humility. We may even respond in disbelief. It is normal to have feelings of inadequacy and to be quite reserved about this, even reluctant. But God takes our inadequacies, our lack of experience, our lack of talent, and He turns it into something new because it is His power and His might through us that changes the world. The pressure is off of us. It is upreach, inreach, and outreach. And this is the invitation today in the burning bush that is still burning and hasn't consumed the bush. Because God is still speaking out through history. He's still speaking out through Jesus Christ. He's still speaking out through the Holy Spirit, inviting each and every one of us to be part of this relationship with God. He's inviting us to freedom, forgiveness, and healing. He's inviting us into mission to participate in bringing justice into a world that needs it so badly. Few, if any of us, have done what Moses did, but we've all made mistakes, we've all sinned, and we all need forgiveness. And God brings that 
abundantly. Few of any of us have been forced to flee from a past life or have made choices that have done damage to others or ourselves in the same way as Moses. But God covers all wrongs and brings healing into all hurts. But we may be on the run. We may be on the run from difficult memories or difficult experiences or difficult and poor choices. We may be on the run from God. Like Moses, God wants to free us from our past. He wants us to stop running. He wants us to bring healing for us and for all people who are left in bondage to sin and memories and stories that have hurt us. He wants to rewrite our stories and give us a brand new narrative with a brand new hope. Like Moses, he wants to bring us into his mission to give us a new purpose with a, with a story and an act and a participation much bigger than ourselves. He wants us to share this story with others. He wants us to be like that blender where everything is mushed in together and it's going all over the place. Where they can't separate us from Jesus. When they see us, they should see our Lord. In this, we can find freedom, healing, and purpose. And we get through the story by reaching up to God by allowing that story to come into us and turning that story outward in love for other people. Next week, we'll explore this further and see how God, through Moses, brought this message of freedom to an entire nation. Most of us will not influence an entire nation. But each of us has someone or some place that we can touch And this is good news because God sees us. God knows us. God acts for us and in us and through us. And God did all of this because He loves us. I encourage all of us, come face to face with that burning bush. Bow before our Creator God. Allow the story to penetrate you. Allow healing to take place. And then pour that story all over the place as God does a mighty work in you, through you, and for you. It's a gift, and it is available for free to each and every one of us. Let's pray. Father God, we lift up to You our stories. Lord, if we are running from You, I pray You'd call us to stop. Jesus, if we don't know You, I pray that we would call out to You and embrace You as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that You would see us, know us, love us, heal us, And allow us to pour out for you the love of God through all places that we touch. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your Son, for the burning bush that never goes out, 
and for the way you take our lives and transform them out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. Lord, I pray for every person here, for every person watching on the stream, that your grace would permeate every part of our lives. And whatever parts are hard, whatever areas need healing, I pray you'd come into that. May this actually be a summer of love. Lord, we ask this with an expectation that you will respond. We ask this, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that your Spirit would penetrate our hearts. Amen.